Hello and welcome back to the Lensless Podcast. It's show 119 and this week we're joined by Flavia Fontana Giusti who comes to talk to us about her love of street photography, street portraits, self-portraits, exploring identity and how she sees pinhole fitting into that workflow. Hello and welcome back to the Lensless Podcast. This is show 119. My name's Andrew and I'm joined this week. This week? Yeah, well, it might not be every week. But anyway, I'm joined this show by uh, Flavia Fontana Giusti. Giusti, I've got it. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Excellent. <laughs> I know we practiced it, and then, but we practiced it like 15 minutes ago and then I've forgotten it again. <laughs> so that's uh, that's it. It's lovely to have you here. We haven't got Corey, unfortunately, to, um, again, but I, he's hoping to join us for the next show, which will be one twenty. Which I guess we have to have a medium format photographer on. But anyway, there we go. So Flavia, welcome. I um, I, I came across you. I, I don't think we were connected on Instagram, but we 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 may have been. We we are now. But I came across you when you entered. Holga Week last year. It was and my we... first one. Well, there, there, there we are, and uh, you. We had a we had a winner, and then we had a couple of what do they call them? Highly runner ups. Runner ups. Yeah, no, no, no prize apart from the endless fame and stardom you get from being a runner up, and and then coming <laughs> on to this show. <laughs> so that's where we uh, that's where we came across you, but. So I've I've done my normal diligent research, and uh, we, we we've got lots to talk about. So why don't you just um, tell the listeners, Flavia, a little bit about yourself, how you came to be living in the middle of the United States in a in Madison, Wisconsin. So I I ended in Madison because of my husband's job. He's a physicist, and um, and when he applied to jobs, he started applying to all these assistant professorships in the States. And I was like, oh, God, no, please not the U.S. But then he applied to Madison. I was like, well, the Midwest, why not? And he, um, he got the job. And before that, we lived in Canada for a few years. And, and all this moving around internationally meant that I, I wasn't allowed to work for long periods of time. Plus, I had kids, so it also made it a little harder. And um, so in the middle of the pandemic, I kind of rekindled my love for um, film photography. So I, I never stopped photographing. It's just that for a few years, like everybody else, I went to a fully digital. Um, I went fully digital. But I don't know, in the middle of the pandemic, at some point, I was like, I, don't, I, was, I, was, I was a little lost. And uh, I found this, uh, this camera at a thrift shop. I think it was these online auctions on Instagram or something like that. And, um, and I was like, hey, I should try this again. <laughs> and since then, I've been buying cameras at a very impressive rate. I should mm. probably, I'm, I'm always telling myself I shouldn't do it, but I can't help it. You know, it's like uh, I'm a junkie. <laughs> what, um, and that's, that's what, also what's your collection? I... What's your collection looking like now? Sorry, Flavia. What's your collection looking like now? Well, I, I have a lot of cameras and like a lot of them I don't even touch. It's a little sad, but I've mm-hmm. got, um, so my, my favorite one is, um, 
I've got a couple of favorite ones actually. So my favorite one is the Nikon F2. Oh yes, yeah, I can go. I can vouch for that. Yep. I um. I also recently bought um a Pentax sixty seven. Oh yes, I had one of those gone there. And I I uh, I take it on the street to take street portraits, and yeah. it takes beautiful photos. I just it does. Um, so yeah. it's it's really heavy. I have to say for street work, it's necessarily <laughs> recommended, but it it does take really beautiful photos, mm. and um. And out and about, I um, I also have a little, uh, you know, these Olympus clamshell uh, yep. point and shoots. Mm-hmm. And, XA, uh, the XA sort of series, or is it one of the Mu Mu type things? MJU. It's one of the Mu things. Mm. Um, I, I I think I tried the XA one day, but I find I found it very um, underwhelming, mm-hmm. the whole shooting experience and all that. So. I, I tried it. I didn't buy it or anything. So how do they differ? I, I don't know. I've never had one because I, I wouldn't pay a hundred pounds for a. Oh, me neither. I just find. I just find them. <laughs> Good. Well, that's, that's. I'm always a bit envious of people who just find stuff like that. So, what's the difference between the XA and the and the Mu type cameras? Because the one of the the XA's there's about three versions, aren't there? One of them is a rangefinder, and the others a zone focus or something. So the um, the XA, it's very small. It's very light. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You barely feel it when it clicks. And um, I think like you have a little attachment that you have to plug in for the for the flash. flash I haven't yeah. I haven't tried that on. I think it's the smallest one they ever made. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a fixed. Um, um, not a fixed. A prime lens. Yep. It, I don't think it has any zoom functions yeah. or anything. Um, whereas the the Mu, so I think the most expensive ones are also prime lenses, but I don't have that. I have the one seventy, I think. But okay. I'm not, I I usually don't use zooms, but for the point and shoot, I find that it's um, I'm okay with it because when you're out and like all of a sudden you see something and um, and you have to act really quick, you just like you press the zoom <laughs> instead of having to walk. <laughs> well, and, I approve. Uh, I approve of the of the Nikon. Nikon, 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 whatever you said, F2. I got mine out the other day, and I, I took the prism. I've only got the basic viewfinder on, you know, the DP1, I think it is, with the, the very mm-hmm. simple one. I took that off, and I remembered I'd got a waist-level viewfinder for it, which is the most ridiculous thing, really, because, you know, I have waist-level viewfinders on my RB67 and my my Rolleiflex. And... Um, trying to look down through 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 the f2 through a viewfinder through a you know through a weight level you know it's kind of crazy i think but i'm hoping it might um lead me down a path of using the camera in a in a different way i don't know i'm not much of a 35 millimeter photographer you see yeah i'm i really like my two i have i have the one with the meter i think it's the a yeah. mm-hmm I, I don't know the code of the meter, but it's the model is the F two A. So I bought it. I bought it like pretty much market price. Then I got it, and um, it went through two rolls fine, and then it didn't work anymore. <laughs> I was so mad, so I sent it. I serviced it, but since then I think it's worth it because since then I've just it's just been my go to. Yeah, mine, mine had been serviced when I bought it uh, by the UK. F2 go-to repairman. 
and I always botch up his name. I think it's Sova Wong. It's a really strange name. S O V E R W O N G. Anyway, he's the Nikon Nikon um, go to man, and he's got a, a waiting list as long as your arm, you know, to <laughs> get, get your F two booked in there. But it's a lovely camera, and I've told I've told the story, uh, but before, but you know, thirty five millimeter was something I thought I'd gotten past certainly for pinhole i've never really been into it for pinhole which we haven't even touched on yet but uh, and i had olympus cameras you know and i got rid of them all and thought nope it's just pinhole and large format and medium format no more 35 millimeter and then fate delivered an uh, an f2 into my hands and you fell in love yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, okay it's it's not as, it's not as light and uh, sort of tiny as the as the om1 that i had but I found the way it the way it snapped into focus, you know, yeah, the way it was, was just incredible. Especially if your eyesight's not so good. Yeah, it's not yeah. the lightest camera, but it's just it's it's so it, it's the camera that it speaks to my heart, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> well, lots of things speak. Lots of things speak to your heart. Um, it's true. Lots it's of things true. speak to your your heart. I, I wrote down a few things. Um, really about your photography and and the directions you you go down and of course pinhole is making a little bit of an appearance in that and maybe maybe who knows maybe more in the future so, so the, this month it's it's the folk it's the theme it's funny because it's the theme of our insiders group so i think i think so i'm which, gonna which, hang on which group is this sorry tell tell the, the, uh, the shoot it with film insiders group helen hooker is also part of that group Right, and um, okay. and the, the this month's theme is pinhole photography. So there's a whole guide. So I, I think the problem is that at some point I forgot the calculations. I lost them. And so I just stopped using my pinhole cameras for a while. And um, and now there's like, it's it's in the little guidebook. So I can go back to it easily and, uh, and, and calculate and maybe have a little cheat sheet. Maybe I should just like stick it to the camera. Because mm. I I have a little meter, but like it stops down to f twenty two, and so you really do need to like do a bit of math and. Well, so. you you do a little a little cheat sheet is good, or do, a lot of people use the pinhole assist app. Do you do you, do you not have that on your phone? Oh no, I don't have that. I no. should, yeah. because what I have it's nothing fancy. I have what everybody has. I have um I have the little Holga wide pinhole mm-hmm. camera. I know, yeah, and I. I, I just happened on it. It was in a bundle. That I, that's how I fell into pinhole because I didn't know about pinhole before. <laughs> well, if you if you stick if you stick to one film like I did for years, um, mm-hmm. probably HP five, but depending how sunny it is, you might want to go FP four. But one of those sort of two Ilford films, for example, if it's black and white, then you know I I just used to follow the some very really simple guidelines like if it was above a second, um, I double the indicated. Uh, time if it was uh, for reciprocity you know and if it was above 10 seconds I'd add two stops that sort of thing and it, and it was it was fine and it all worked out really well but the beauty of the pinhole assist app Flavia is it's got all these films stored in it you know in its database and different cameras so it'll have your Holger WPC in there and pretty much every commercial available camera out there and then you just point it at the scene and it gives you the corrected exposure time and it works really well you know 
I should I should download that because also I also have the little um the Diana F plus mm-hmm. and it has a little like if you take the lens off it has yeah, a pinhole pinhole feature I think I used it maybe once or twice but I haven't yes, used but... the Diana much also no I've I've got a Diana plus and one of the nineteen sixties ones you know all the whenever yeah the ones which the original oh. ones. They're very nice, but you can't take the lens off with those. But that that pinhole on the Diana, I've tried using it and not very successfully, I have to say. But I think it's just my incompetency. Yeah, I I also didn't have much success, so I don't know. It was the winter, so the light Mm -hmm. wasn't great. I blame it on that. But maybe maybe I need to research a little bit more. Maybe I got some 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 things wrong. You know, like you have so many different steps in calculating your exposure time well yeah, well the app the app the app does make it a lot easier i mean when i started in pinhole i didn't have a well i might have had a mobile phone but not a smartphone you know so apps and things were weren't anything we knew about so you know i just use some very basic guidelines but a little t- a lot of people use little cheat sheets or they you yeah. know they, they say well if it's um if the exposure reading is f8 and one twenty fifth of a second. Then for this pinhole camera, that's going to be um, two seconds or something. You know, at f one three eight or whatever it is. And I think it's a good idea to start with um, HP five or something because, like, these films also have like our higher speed. Whereas I started with um, with the Pan F fifty, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and that that shot from the Holga week, it was yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> well. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, but Pan F is just beautiful, and it and it just renders lovely in pinhole work. And your let, is let's, beautiful though. Yeah. Let, let let let's start there. So you, you you came to our attention with self portrait in my in my living room, which was uh, I, I'd kind of missed it actually because I was looking through, and Curry said, "Well, I, we were looking at shortlisting things," and Curry said, "Well." One by Flavio, the self-portrait in my living room. He said, "He said I, I love it, and it's a shame he's not here because he would be gushing over it." And I think what he liked about it was, you know, obviously from a technical point of view, you, you've from from whatever you've said, you you know, you've nailed the exposure. Um, but also, it's just a just a lovely, gentle composition that shows, I guess, your living room. Well, yeah, clearly your living room, and you know, it's, it's a nice, simple shot. But we love we love self-portraits. And you've sat still pretty much for twenty minutes. And I, w- I'm, I was reading actually the Vivian Meyer self portraits book. Okay. And I, uh, I thought it would show more. I, I was still learning to use the Holga, at yeah. that time. The the wide the wide, and I I wasn't expecting it to have such a wide field of view. So like I I just shoved all the kids' toys on the sides, you know, in the sunroom and the dining room. And you and got then, all that in still. And, and and still, it, it made it into it. And then I was like, do I crop it or not? I was like, no, it's no. kind of part of the story. Well, I, I think I think it is. If if you wanted if you wanted to get it as you visualize, then you probably looking at your coffee table, you probably ought to put it on there, and then you would have probably been able to see what you were reading. But if you hadn't have told me that, then we would never have known, would we? Yeah, and it's, I, I I considered also cropping it, but then I was like, no, it's yeah, part of yeah. it's part of the story. That's... It is, and I think that's what it is. It's <laughs> it's all it's a environmental portrait, and it shows something of um, you know of your environment, which is which is uh, which actually leads me on to something I read on your on your website, and it was about um, I think it, with your 
your young portraiture business, which you can talk to us about, you said you, you look to capture or capturing not just the likeness, but the self, what makes a character someone's personality. So um, do you want to comment a little bit on, on that? Yeah, it took me a while to get there, to get to that understanding. But mm -hmm. um, I try to, it's not really about me when I take a photo of someone. I I do like to talk about it. So I will obsess about cameras and film and whatever for like, and it can be a little obnoxious. But ultimately, it's not really about myself. It's about who I'm portraying. And I think it, it really took me a while to get there. Like I was experimenting also this winter in my studio, but like I was going around the same ideas and that was similar to what I was doing in my self-portraiture. But, um, but in the spring, I realized as I was going out and I was meeting more people and like my street photography turned more towards portraiture instead of less candid work. Um, I realized that it's it's not really about me or the camera. It's about the person who's on the other side. And they um, even if I, I will tell them, like, uh, move your hands like this, or I, I don't do much of that. But when I do it, they always misunderstand my direction and they do something that's still equally worthy. <laughs> and that, uh, that's, I think, ends up being better. Like, I took a portrait of a, a homeless guy a few weeks ago. He had this hat with like Swarovski crystals on it. That's why I approached him. And he, he, at some point he did something with his hand. He put it on his chest or on his face or something. And I asked him to do it again. And he didn't understand it. And he put his two hands on his chest. And I thought the photograph was so much better because he did that. And it's like it, it gives him humanity. And it like you, you, you peek through him easily. Like you, you see more of him. And so, like, even if I try to give some guidance, ultimately it's about the person who's in front of the lens and not the person who's behind it. Well, they've also got to feel comfortable with with you, I guess. And I think I think that that also has to do with the way that's like I I try to be very respectful in my approach of people. Like mm -hmm. sometimes people will just say no and like not necessarily always very nicely, or and and that's okay because I I. I I, I used to do it more, but like I, I don't like the idea of stealing a shot or um, like if, if someone's going to be mad. Ta yeah. Taking, taking a photograph. <laughs> yeah, if, if something somebody's going to be mad at you and is going to try to break your camera or rip the film out, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> and so I think this, um, this uh, trying to approach people and getting consent and it doesn't mean that I don't, I mean, sometimes I do see a scene and I will snap it and like you don't always ask for permission but I don't try to hide or I don't try to sneak or I don't try to do any of that and um and and sometimes yeah you, you exchange a few words before and then you ask for a portrait and like um I think it does build trust and I think that's really important in the relationship that you have with your subject and like because ultimately the photograph is about them it's not about me like I, I took some portraits of my sister-in-law this um in may and she's a climber she's an adventurer she's always like tumbling she does parkour right now she's traveling through um utah i think uh, rock climbing in these beautiful parks and um and she um she climbed up 
our very old maple tree in front of the house to set up the a kid's uh, swing. <laughs> and it's it's really high up. I would never have done that. <laughs> but it gave me an idea. I was like, hey, how about we take a portrait of you up there and I'll be on the roof of our house. It's it's really easy to climb on that. Like there was no acrobatics involved. <laughs> and um and uh, and they turned out really nicely. And I think they're the favorite photos they took of her when she was visiting. Because it, it really is like about her, what she likes to do and how she likes to um interact with her body, with her face, with herself and like so um that it's it's wonderful that you can capture that with your sister who you have a strong relationship with and an understanding she seems to have an understanding of herself and her environment and all that and it's very it happened very naturally but when you're when you're meeting folks on the street and it doesn't need to be with a pinhole camera we've barely touched on it but when you're meeting folks on the street and you're looking to um, make a, a portrait you're you're developing that rapport or you're trying to develop that rapport fairly almost instantaneously, um, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so recently I started, like, you see people week, like week after week. Sometimes it's the same people. So with them, you develop a longer relationship. Okay, yeah. But um, but it's true. Like, a lot of times you just, um, you meet them and, like, I don't know, like, I I try to go towards people that I can feel I connect to even before I talk to them, either because they have something special about the way they walk or how they dress or um, and um, it's funny. I'm drawn to people who look a little bit like outsiders. Either well, they're like, look, a, looking at your website, I don't know how up to date this is, is uh, street portraits, which look to me like a sort of RB67, uh, sorry, 6x7 format. I don't know if these are um, with your Pentax, you know, um, doesn't really matter. But, you know, you're, these folks who you're photographing, men and women, I can see why you're drawn to them and probably they're going to be quite willing subjects <laughs> by the looks of them because you don't have like pink hair or, um, you know, crazy outfit or, yeah, something that looks like a one, like a bit of a. Ah, well, there's a guy. There's a guy I'm looking at with a, a bucket hat and sunglasses, carrying a small ghetto blaster and a pot plant. You know, well, yeah, you he, know, he's 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 shouting, "Look at me!" You know. And yes, like, he is. <laughs> yeah. And if you go up to him and say, "I'd love," I'm I'm a film photographer. Not that that matters, but sometimes it helps break the ice. And I just love photographing people on the streets. And he would have said, "Oh no, I'm far too shy. I mean, you you just couldn't imagine it, could you?" <laughs> no, it's like no way <laughs> no I, it's funny because i i went to him and i was like i i, I think your outfit is fabulous can i take yeah. a portrait of you and yeah. he said oh you know no american would ever say no to having their picture taken <laughs> no. oh, that's good. and i i i do like it's i'm a foreigner in this country and people i think people know notice it so like i can i think i can also get away with a lot just by you think that helps i think it does also because I'm a foreigner but I'm not I'm not like I look like everybody else at the same time like uh, I, I I also blend in pretty easily it's a, Madison is a very white city like um, you, you can probably see it from the portraits and like a uh, college uh, town and all that and like I I do fit into that 
but when I start speaking, people uh, hear that like, uh, hmm, where does she come from? <laughs> like uh, I, a lot of like even before I speak, I don't know. Apparently, there's some stuff that gives it away that I'm uh, I'm not American. <laughs> so, what what is it then about self portraits? I'm very interesting to to lead you down the path of self portraits because I would imagine I would imagine. Uh, judging by a number of the artists we've had on this podcast over the years, that bringing pinhole more and more into that uh, genre of creativity is something that would work really, really well. I can point you back to a number of interviews we've had uh, on the show. Kath, uh, Kath Cartman was one who explores different ideas of uh, feminism and self-identity through I think I'm probably summarizing that probably sorry Kath if I've botched it up um, and then Tina Rowe uh, Flavia Tina's been on the show before she's she explores her uh, transracial adoption background with image pinhole well, not just pinhole images but some often pinhole images um, projected onto different surfaces, broken and distorted, uh, and so pinholes can be used really, really creatively. So, so self-portrait. Why self-portraits, and where do you see pinhole maybe fitting more into into that? So, for me, self-portraits it's really it's really central to um, how I came back to film photography. Because I was um, so when I when I got back to photography, I was um, I was painting and drawing, and I was trying to like find myself in that. And like I had challenged myself for a whole month to do one self portrait a day, like painting or drawing or with ink or whatever medium I would want to do. And it's at the end of the month that I I got this SLR. In the end, I didn't even like it, so I resold it. I actually gave it away to someone because um, when I, when she came, I realized that the lens wasn't attaching properly, <laughs> so I just gave it to her. <laughs> like, have fun. <laughs> but um, but that's how I ended the month. Like my last photo was um, me with a Polaroid in front of a mirror, and I'm. I don't know if you uh, so you you I think you you said you had kids or something like that, but that. They're not the Grow, most grown up, grown up kids now. Yeah. They're not the most dwelling subjects to photograph, and like they're always moving around, and um, it's not mm. easy to be experimental with them. Sometimes you can get away with a few things, but like they get tired of it really quickly. And um, my husband is game, but only kind of. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I constantly have ideas coming up into my mind, <laughs> and so being my own subject is a way to just like. Uh, keep them going and just put them into practice and um, and it's it's um i feel like it it helps me understand also what i'm doing how you how i'm posing myself and um uh, how i'm lighting things like because you have to do everything and um i don't know like this it, it's how i i'm putting into practice a lot of the ideas that i had and so naturally when i had this pinhole the first thing I did is that, um, so I set it up and it was maybe a five minute exposure the first time I did it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, since it's five minutes, I'm just going to get in the frame and move around. 
but it didn't really work out. I think to have a, a nice self-portrait, you kind of have to stand still for the whole exposure. Otherwise, you're just a ghost. You well, you could be a semi-ghost, couldn't you? You could explore that idea of movement. I, I, do you, I, I'm drawn very much to the work of a lady who died far too young, Francesca Woodman. Do you know Francesca Woodman's work? I know her. Let me check again. I, I'm... She, she ended her life in her 20s. I think late twenties, maybe, but she she did all self portraits, but it was involving movement, quite often movement or obscuring parts of her body. She had a very low self esteem, I think, from reading one of her biographies. Auto, yeah, not autobiographies, biographies, and and I've no idea why, you know, because she's anyway. You you have to look into her a little bit more, but she did, you know. Who knows what goes on in in people's troubled minds, but she used bl blurred motion and movement a lot, and mirrors, cracked mirrors, cracked glass, you know, old derelict buildings to explore her ideas. I think it yeah. could work either with um, maybe shorter exposure times, or maybe yeah. if you just like, like just yeah. explore the movement or just two poses, because I think I tried to like move like to four different places, mm -hmm. but it split it too much. So I yeah. you could barely see that there was anyone there. Well, so I think you, if you're inside with natural light, then you know, just go for a, a faster film. An HP5 is, is pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, I, when I was coming to the end of uh, uh, a fairly long career, I spent a lot of time in, in hotels, Flavia, and I'd been staying in hotels several times a month, not not weeks on end, you know, for just a night or two. But it was... The novelty had worn off, you know, a long time ago, and I, and I knew I was going to be finishing and moving on to do something else. So I, I just used to take a pinhole camera with me, and and I tried, and I'm not sure it's up for others to judge whether I succeeded, I tried to express my thoughts and feelings about how I'd, all these years I'd spent in hotels with this little series of seven or eight pictures that became part of it called uh, Hotel Ghosts. And... So it was identifiably me, but as you said, I'd just moved into two locations during the exposure and kept still. And you could tell it was me, um, but I tried to position myself in a way in both images that tried to express something of, you know, the sort of I, I love this. T t the tedium of being in the hotel. <laughs> I, I love it also because it's like no matter what they do to the room or how luxurious they're going to try to make it feel, it's still, it feels temporary no matter what. Yeah. And I love this idea of like the ghost because like it's clear mm -hmm. people have been here before you and they're going to be here be after you. And like, you feel it. <laughs> yeah. So, some of the, some of the best hotels I'd stayed in were not really hotels, but in smaller establishments run by families. And I, I'd always liked, those rooms in particular because it, you'd go into them and it felt like you were the only one who'd ever been in that room you know yeah. whereas most of your um, chain hotels you know there's if you look hard enough there's always uh, some sign of the previous occupant <laughs> 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 so it's not nice really and so i so I, I was curious really as to how you to you know to talk about your how you might then use pinhole in that because on your self in yourself your little uh, section on self portraits i was want to get past a, a lot of color ones where you're exploring 
again, you're starting to explore movement, aren't you? In, in these, these are lens pictures, I think. But there's some with quite a lot more movement of, of your body, I think, moving through the frame, black and white ones, and then your head where you're just moving your head. I don't know if they're pinhole or they're lensed cameras. These but... are lens cameras, and I, I shot them with the Kiev. Okay. I, could, I couldn't afford an, a Hasselblad. So. No, don't don't buy a Hasselblad. Use the Kiev. It's fine. So I bought a Kiev. Well, when mm. I take it outside, it, it just has too many light leaks. But for studio work, I think <laughs> <Okay>. it's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just uh, I I just I tried different things. So I would just mm. like switch it on, and then either like uh, flash the light several times, like with the hand, just to have like this multiple exposure feeling but it only one exposure or I would just like create like this, like um, a shutter, shutter drag, you know, without the, yep. with the continuous light and the, and some of them, I, I just, um, so that the, there's two that I really like. So I, I gave them names. So one of them is dust to form. I didn't come up with that name. Actually, it's the one where you see the body materializing. And I thought it was actually very powerful. It's a nude, but I felt, pretty comfortable with that because you don't really see any part of the body <laughs> is that is that the one where there's like three of three or four of your legs and yeah yeah i don't know how i find the name of it but anyway um and then there's the one also where you the face looks like some sort of black hole and you have the eye on top and like yeah uh, i've just seen that I, I hadn't noticed your eye i've just seen the eye it looks like some kind of surrealist um yeah like some kind of surrealist picasso and it's because weird not, nightmare of a dream. Yeah, not everybody are... likes it. Like my husband, he thinks uh, he thinks it's not worthy of anything. But someone asked me if they could buy a print. I need to get back to them on that, by the way. <laughs> Would, yeah. But I, I love it too. I, I, it is very creepy. But in, um, I don't know, it's like, it's also really powerful. And like, I, so I shot these in the winter. Mm. And I had a bit of a rough winter. I... You know, like these these two and a half years of pandemic, they wore everybody off, and like um, yeah. I, I don't know, like with with kids and all that, like I felt completely overwhelmed. And in January, I had a few um, a few anxiety attacks. Let's call them that. And like, uh, so the, the whole winter was really harsh. And I made this in the middle of winter, and it just feels exactly like how I felt all winter. <laughs> Well, you know, you're you're taking your photography to a new level, aren't you? When you can, when you can take ideas and feelings, and it comes out in the final image. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know if I could recreate that with someone else. Maybe I could. Maybe I could because I feel like it's something that happened because I was alone in my studio, and I was completely in charge of everything, and I just tried several things but um oh, you, you should definitely pursue it a bit more but you should try it with pinhole as well and i should uh, or I, I, tra I transfer, do it. That, transfer those ideas into it i don't know if um maybe i could try just um give it a try i was thinking um, because in the studio i don't have much light so that's why i rely on the strobe a lot yeah or or i will use the lack of light and just like use um, a light bulb or things mm -hmm. uh that like uh I will use the lack of light for creative purposes, but for pinhole, you do need quite a bit more light. So I was. You do, yeah, yeah. But you might have you might have to adapt the idea, but it's the ideas behind it. I mean, I'm... but maybe flash works with pinhole. It does, yeah, it can do. 
So I should try. If you expose several times or... Um, yeah, uh, and quite some people have made some quite horrendous, uh, when I say horrendous, I say it in the nicest possible way, of close-ups of their faces with flash uh, next to the <laughs> pinhole because, you know, then the, the, the light is so powerful that, you know, Justin Quinnell, who's been on the show, he's a uh, pretty well-known pinhole experimentalist and leader in ideas, and he's a great guru of all things pinhole. And he does, he does this series of pictures you you google it they're called awful ograms a w f u l o grams awful ograms and basically they're pictures of his teeth and his mouth and his face <laughs> distorted with self portraits with dis- huge distortions very close to his face with pinhole and he's taken uh, film and made pinhole exposures through his teeth and his mouth and stuff like this you see so bringing almost oh, body yeah. art body art into it you know I'm just looking at them. Oh, yeah, they're wonderful. <laughs> they really are. Well, you know, so it, when you manage to lock yourself away from the kids, put, go and listen to that um, pinhole episode. I don't know when it was. You have to look back to the, the back catalogue. But he's, um, he's a, as we would say, he's as mad as a box of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> and he did that with Flash, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. there's one where you see the window by, behind, like there's a weird perspective and just like his <laughs> I think there's one or two people in the in the Lensless Podcast Facebook group who experimented with it as well. I think Alex Purcell, um, a friend of the show, he's been on a few times and one of our, um, sh- one of our Facebook group uh, moderators, moderators. That's it. So he's. Uh, I think he's. He's experimented with close-up flash. Maybe Neil Piper has too. A couple of folks have. And with um, the Diana, it's also pretty easy to do. So um, because you can just like. But do you have a do you have a lensed Holger? Because that you know that that's another possibility for you, isn't it? A lensed Holger. I know you have a pinhole Holger. I have the glass Holger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. Glass well, that's one. Too- yeah, well, that's fine. That's still just a single lens, isn't it? I don't. Th- I don't think you get any better increase in quality with a with a glass lens to a plastic. Well, it is. It is pretty sharp. The center yeah. of it, you know, the like center, if, it, yes. if you focus it right, which yep. is it's a bit of its own thing with the whole. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the center of the lens is incredibly sharp. Yeah, most are, aren't they? And I think that you can use that creatively. Have you used yeah. that much? Have you brought that into your self portrait work, the Holger? I have a little bit, and I've used like uh, the the flash with gels. Yeah, but it's the same. I haven't touched it in a while, so it's. Um, I need to bring it back to my uh, creative process. So uh, recently, I same with the, with a bundle of cameras. I bought um, an Agfa Isolet. Yes. Okay. And it's um it's kind of like a super powered Holga. But uh, so I'm I'm so lately I've been trying to. Uh, to use that one to understand how it works, but it's really it's really hard because it's uh, so it's 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 um it's zone focusing, but it's in feet and I I just can't. <laughs> so during lockdown in Canada, I learned <laughs> that uh, six feet is two meters. So this is yeah, how I'm like much. doing my calculations. Pretty much, yeah, three. three. Three feet is about a meter. But it, it's really hard, you know, to change units and like uh, and because it, it only has the feet. To, but but I, I really think it's it's a bit like a Honga because you can press the shutter several times. You advance yes. the film as you want. 
And then, or any old box cameras as well. If you, um, you know, you can pick up Kodak uh, coronets and. I used to. Oh, I used to use the the Hawkeyes. Kodak yes. Hawkeyes. I have two. I have one with the for which I flipped the lens, and one for mm-hmm. which I keep kept the lens like that. So these are also pretty fun. They are. Yes, I've got one Hawkeye flash where I flipped the le- well, I flipped the lens on it, and when I started because I had no idea where the sort of shut the sweet spot because when you flip the lens there's normally something that's in focus isn't there and then the rest is crazy yeah <laughs> so and I had no idea and, and the first roll I put through it everything was just like a blurred mess I thought well this is just nuts so I pre- uh, I think it's pretty close you have to be like maybe a yeah. meter away or something well to... mine's even closer so I so I, what I did in the end Flavio I put some um, tracing paper or something over where the film is and made like a grand glass back well you know and then a, with a bright light and I, I moved the camera in until it until I got some kind of focus you see. <laughs> and it was um, it turned out to be 14 inches can you believe it so now now this is this produces just the most fabulous portraits and the, the I've stuck a number up on uh, on on the flicker site but you can so i can just hold it pretty much in front of somebody's face you know yeah and they're not the most flattering photographs you know but they're not unflattering but and, they're and, fun and they're so much fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we love that you've got lots of ideas so you're um uh you're 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 a busy lady with kids which is takes up so much time i don't know how old are your children they're two and four. Oh, but, wow. But we, we, we do send them to daycare because otherwise I just... Uh, I would oh, well, so you've got all day long to to just swan around and do photography, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, if, if they're with me all day long, like, I just I just can't. My, my brain just, uh, you know, like, it implodes. <laughs> um, so uh, are you hoping to make photography... A full-time occupation, or is there what what goes on in the background work-wise? So, so yes, that's my goal because I used to work in marketing and communication okay. for uh, for companies. But since I had to stop for a few years, and then I did a little bit of contract work and all that, like I feel like it's just going to set me back to the beginning, and I don't really want to play that game. It shouldn't do, should it? But it is the game you have to play as a woman taking a break, a career what we call a break, you know, with kids in particular. And it's so, really hard and it's so unfair. Yeah, I feel like I, I don't want to play that game. And, like, I'm also a bit, like, I'm not interested in it that much anymore, whereas uh, whereas I'm immensely interested in photography. So my goal would be to do that. I'm also applying to, like, maybe part-time jobs with photography or... Um, but, um, yeah, if, if I'm going to spend time working for someone or a company, I want to make it worth my time because uh, because it's time I could be spending doing other things, either spending it with my kids or developing um, my photography or um, traveling. And so, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not willing to compromise it for just some job. So yeah. I, I want to make it like worth my time. So even if it's not necessarily the job of my dreams, I want it to be something where I'm learning or getting something away from it. Yeah, I realize that it's a luxury, but I feel like it's a little bit the state of the market right now. That's why no one, like uh, everybody's hiring, and <laughs> I think it's actually a good thing because it's driving wages up. And for the longest time, the wages were not 
very good. And now the power is going back to the employees. Well, it is, but it's still, I mean, the cost of everything is just going through the roof, isn't it? Oh, it's insane. And I I guess with the Brexit, it's probably even worse in the UK. don't, Don't talk to me about that. Do you know, our... Sorry, if you listeners, if you voted to leave the European Union, but our idiot government who took us away from Europe, oh, there goes a few listeners. Um, but then, you know, I don't know if this is a joke or sometimes governments say they fly a kite, don't they, just to gauge public opinion. Yeah. And somebody in the in the government said, "Oh, we're going to go back to imperial measurement." I thought, what? Really? Because <laughs> really? you you have a bit of that in America, don't you? You know, you know, you deal in gallons still and um, and stuff, and you tried to go. Back in America, my understanding is back in the seventies or maybe the eighties, you did there was a, a law passed, but to maybe it was a federal or state law or federal law or you know White House law, whatever you call it, and it never got adopted to to go to adopt metric. You know there, there I, was metric. I was didn't supposed know to that. Be, yeah, American listeners, just you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that there was metric was supposed to have been adopted and pretty much every state <laughs> ignored <laughs> but that's what they did in canada they adopted the metric system yeah. but they still sometimes for some things will go back to um imperial but like the roads are in kilometers and <laughs> yeah well we're still the roads, our roads our roads are in miles still um, but miles are kind of i don't know you get used to them because it's, <laughs> it's similar you know like yeah it is, I guess. Uh, but, but what I find really hard is like uh, what's not decimal, like uh, feet and inches, and like I just, I just can't. Or like the, I, I know you, you have those too, but like Fahrenheit make no sense to me. Well, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, ours, although we've adopted metric, we still for weights and measures in shops, it's all metric now. But for a long time, there was still it ran alongside until fairly recently. You know, you could still go and ask for. A quarter pound of um, boiled sweets. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was a kid, you could go and get uh, a quarter of peanuts, you know, in the, in the shop across the road who used to sell roasted peanuts in it, and they'd have a, like a screw top container, and you could weigh it out. A quarter, quarter ounce? No, it couldn't be a quarter ounce. A quarter, quarter of something. I don't know what it was. Anyway, that you it had it running side by side. But now they're talking about going back. I think in shops, really, back to. Um, pounds and ounces you know that is so so, so strange yeah well if if you're going to be traveling through europe whether you come to the united kingdom or not you know because now there's you you don't have the free movement now that you had so it's all i was wondering if i if i would need a visa i'm not sure i I don't know it's all it's all bonkers to me you know i mean that that year when they elected trump i'm sorry for trump listeners okay you (laughs) you can you when they voted for brexit we were like what is going on but then but then the pandemic happened and then i don't know just uh, it beat it (laughs) well you might get him back again so uh, you've got that to look forward to oh goodness i hope not (laughs) that was also one of the reasons why we're like oh do we really have to go to but then they elected Biden, which was a relief. <laughs> <laughs> Not for everybody. No. Sorry, I'm just saying that to be balanced, you know, because like the BBC, we have to be balanced. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> but I I really feel like it's it when you try to be balanced, you give too much to the crazy ideas that can be out yeah. there. Like even like something that's been on my mind lately because of the school shootings and like I have little children going to school like 
like the, the gun control laws like the fact that there is none it makes absolutely no sense and i think it's insane to think otherwise <laughs> like, and trying to have a balanced approach to it you're giving too much weight to the insanity that's on the other side <laughs> well uh, it, it's it's a state of it's a state of play that many of us in the you know over here find really hard to to grasp and and yet you know we we see interviews of uh, of people who even after all those poor kids were shot dead and teachers and they'll they'll still insist on saying well it's not guns it's people well yeah okay we know it still takes a person to shoot someone but both surely you know and do you need access to military assault rifles i mean really yeah you know? so we're getting really political now so cory would be telling me to shut up at this point yeah, we should we should stop <laughs> <laughs> we lose too many you're, listeners you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose <laughs> so um congratulations on your holger shop and do more do more of that I, you know, keep Keep using pinhole in your work. You know, just develop it. Develop those ideas because that you've got I, some wonderful ideas. I got some new ideas thanks to you, and like I think it's Have it's you? a good time because, like as I said, like our month, it's a monthly theme is pinhole, and and okay. I've been I've been meaning to take my pinholes out for a while, and uh, this is well, the perfect uh, moment I to think, do it. I think if you if you're sticking with one film, then of course life get just gets easier because eventually you learn to use it well yeah and eventually you'll just forget about worrying about nailing the exact exposure because you'll have a feel for it you know and recently i discovered i love arista edu which is the cheapest film on the market i think it's it's the same as former pan yeah so, it probably um, is yeah it's got a nice so, long some but the times can end up being uh, really, bit... really long Big reciprocity. But, yeah. If well, if it is Fomapan, which I think it probably is, but you Otherwise, can use you can Acros. use Acreos. You can use, yeah. yeah, of course you can use Acros, which I don't think you have to really do much to yeah. do. You in, in I read it has a very a very very low reciprocity failure. So yeah, I think a... uh, pretty pretty none pretty much none at all really. But so... I would recommend. I don't know what phone you use, and but so I've got an an older iPhone, and I have the Pinhole Assist app on it. And I can't remember whether they charge you a few dollars or not to to get it, but it's well worth it, and it work it does work really well. I was using it. I mean, if, some... if it makes you waste less frames, you know, it's always worth. <laughs> well, I I also have in a little notebook. I went on to all the manufacturers' websites, like Ilford, produced some fantastic PDF documents, you know, of each film they make, and they give the the calculation to do reciprocity conversions. And so I just went, and in my notebook, I've got a page for pretty much every film that I might use with all the different times on, you know. So if if the indicated time is one second, then the the time I need to use is, you know, 1.2 seconds. Not that I'm ever going to time it that exactly. Or if it's 10 seconds, then it could be 20. You know? and, and so I've got all those written down in the book. And sometimes if I'm feeling really careful, you know, or I want to take my time, I'll use those, but mostly I just use the Pinhole Assist app, and it works really, works really well. And it's got color film too, right? Absolutely, it's got everything, pretty much okay. everything. Because there is, and then it's got all the reciprocity charts in there as well, so you can look at them. Because I've got the reciprocity which... app, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's another but one. It, I think it doesn't have many color films on it. So, yeah. Uh, so for color, it's a bit of a problem. And for the most recent 
Kodak Gold that came out. That's not in there, but who was I talking to just on the last show? Ooh. Helen. Might have been Helen. Yes, it was Helen. She said that she uses the same... Uh, she sets her timer. She sets her pinhole assist to Kodak Portrait, and that's given her good results. So I tried the same thing. I put some Kodak Gold in my camera, and I set it to... Uh, no, it wasn't Kodak Gold. I do apologise. It was Lomography. 400 that was it she she used oh. the port she used the portrait setting uh, for, <laughs> for that because uh, lomography is no doubt some kind of kodak film um i should try the new sinister but, also yeah but they're, they're all in there i think um mm. if you if you look up the pinhole assist app uh, it's even got paper negatives and stuff in there or you've got just if you built your own pinhole camera it gives you um just different ASAs to use or different um, uh, yeah, sort of different film speeds. You can just sort of put in your own film speed. It's really good. And it does sort of semi-spot metering as well. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. So if that frees up your creativity by not letting you worry too much about it, that's a good thing. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you for the tip. And that's thank okay. you for all the, all the ideas. I'll, I'll, I'll be coming up with well, some new ones. Well, I, I know you don't do much in Facebook, but we would... Um, Get a, get, get a plug in for the Lenses Podcast Facebook group. Those listeners out there, including you, Flavia, who perhaps aren't members or even active members, the group is, is very, very nice and very friendly. And, okay, you have to join Facebook, I know, but you know, it, it, it's worth it just, just for that. So it's, um, it's a fantastic place for discussions and people are very, very helpful and, and friendly. Flavia, where do people go then in this instant media world to track you down? So I, I mostly use Instagram, I have mm -hmm. to say. Um, so my, um, it's, it's my full name. I'm sorry, it's a bit of a mouthful. But um, it's my full name, Flavia Fontana Giusti, all in one word. Yeah. And from there, I have a link that like uh, brings you to uh, just like the website, my, um, my little street photography blog. And we also have another blog that um, I'm working with. Um, I work with Alec on that and with uh, an, another friend who's in Toronto, Jessica. It's called the Weird Film Club. And we try to exchange films and uh, challenge uh, each other. Um, I, saw, I, saw reference, I saw a reference to the Weird Film Club. I forgot to ask you about it. So who, who's members of, who, who are members of the, of the Weird Film Club? So there's Alec, Alistair. Alec Payne. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Jessica Kosmak, who is in Toronto. Okay. And uh, it started really like we did a secret Santa and then we ended up exchanging more stuff than, uh, <laughs> than just the secret Santa. And then uh, Alec just sent us a bunch of weird films that he uh -huh. got on the, on the internet. And that's how it got started. And so we, we decided to do self-portraits and then like portraits of loved ones. Like it slowed down a bit, but, um, but I, I got some film also that I just sent to Alec and then I'm going to, I'm meeting Jessica next month. So I'm going to bring it to her. And so, um, yeah, the idea is to like challenge uh, each other with these, uh, expired films or you don't necessarily know if it's going to turn out, but. <laughs> well, if you come to Europe and you come to the UK, then I'm sure um, lots of us can would love to spend some time with you. 
and we'd love to see there's a, a wonderful community of sort of experimental photographers um, in various parts of the country pinhole and other yeah so, the uk um, looks like it's it's a, it's there's a great community that's yeah my, it is it's yeah. my feeling yeah <laughs> and we might see you in the fenlands you never know yeah <laughs> Flavia. well if you if you come you let me know huh <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, our road trip in in a few years' time. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we're we're looking for places to um, stop off, shall we say? So I like the idea of traveling through the Midwest, photographing all back roads and you know places that people wouldn't normally go. I know it's done a lot, but not by me. So I like all that stuff. And in the Midwest, like between Milwaukee and um, Minneapolis. Uh-huh. There's a ton of film photographers, like yeah. really a lot. I was surprised by how many people shoot film around here. And there's, a, I tell you what, there's a load of, there's a huge pinhole community around the Seattle, Vancouver, Portland area as well. It's That's funny how, they, how we cluster up. Yeah. There's <laughs> the, what is it? The, it sounds a bit weird, the title, the League of Northwest Pinholers. <laughs> it sounds a bit <laughs> like the League of Gentlemen, but anyway, I'm sure it's not. Um, so, Yeah. There's all kinds of good stuff, and a lot of them are in the Facebook group, and they make reference to it occasionally. So come along and uh, rekindle your love of Facebook and join the Lensless Podcast Facebook group, Flavia, and anyone else. It's been really lovely to speak to you. Um, I'm just thinking if I've missed anything. No, I don't think so. So look, um, we'll um, we'll we'll come to a halt. And uh, Flavia, thank you so much. It's been, well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely talking to you. So um, we'll we'll put the show up in a while and uh, share away. Okay. I will not listen to it. I <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't listen to it. No, you sound great. I don't listen to any of them either. So uh, that makes two of us. Flavia, <laughs> thank you very much. So uh, bye, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>